Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And uh, my my mic was drooping there. I, I fixed it. It's all good now. <laughs> What's you funny is that now we're going to start recording the podcast after we've been talking for a good hour. And, you know, all of our good stuff's already out of our system. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. That was all business talk. We had no fun talk like, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. This is the Christmas episode. So we get to talk Christmas. Pete, what do you want for Christmas? Underwear. Nice. Star That's probably Wars. what you're getting. Probably. Remember that year that you and I both got like underwear, we Star were, Wars underwear, and we we're sending each other pictures. Yeah, and my wife says, I don't know how I feel about you sending other men pictures of your underwear. You're like, I wasn't wearing them. I mean, I wasn't sending pictures of me not wearing them. I was just sending pictures of the underwear. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Can we even leave that in the podcast? I don't know. I, I don't know. Let Brooks decide. Brooks yep. has the, the ultimate decision. Brooks is like uh Santa's little helper on this episode. He's gonna he's gonna figure it out for us. But hey Pete, um you didn't ask what I want. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh Peyton Jones, it was all about me. <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? Uh so okay. I, I want a giant Lego. There's a Lord of the Rings Lego, and I want that set. And apparently, it'll take me like 100 hours to build it. I don't have 100 hours to build it, but dang it, I want this Lego. It's got to be like $1,000 or $1,500 Lego set. No, it? no, it's not. I mean, you know, I think, isn't the biggest Lego like the Death Star? Didn't you get that know. for Luke? No. Have you no. seen that? Okay, uh, quick question. Is it AT-AT or AT-AT? I grew up calling it AT-AT because I know I how to read. It- yeah, I but, call it at at too. Yeah, but younger generation are like, oh, it's the at at because that's what they call it in the movies. Yeah, so I don't know. I always called it an at at because I don't think they referenced it in 
the empire strikes back did they like i don't know if they called no it they never anything. say it it's just that we got the action figure right this so is when you buy the freaking toy yeah. you're like it's an ad at yeah it's the ad at driver most of us didn't have the ad at i did i did I did too, I did. but but you, everybody knew that you could get the Adat driver. He was one of the coolest figures ever. The dude with the like weird little helmet with the red Empire symbol on it, gray and white. Have you seen uh, the new Lego Fortnite game? Yeah, I played it with my uh, nephew a little bit. I I couldn't understand it. Yeah, it's apparently like Fortnite's version of Minecraft, just with Legos. Yeah, and better graphics. Yeah. Yeah, and the graphics were amazing. The sound effects were cool, but I was like, okay, I don't. Okay, so it's just it's just Minecraft. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't like Minecraft. So like, Luke loves it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. So my nephew, who is around 30 years old, he said, yeah, you know, I my kids were really into it all day, and uh, they wanted me to play. I got real bored, and he goes, and then I got addicted to it. So uh, apparently, it'll suck in after a little bit. There's like a, a hump you got to get over. But uh, Fortnite, I'm back to playing Fortnite, just let you know. I'm telling you, I think some of the best conversations, funniest conversations that I have are when I'm playing group Fortnite, when I'm playing squads. When Vinny's on it, like... Yeah, but I saw Vinny. I met with him yesterday, and we were talking over some graphic design. I know. Uh, I told him, uh, you talk to Peyton more than I do. That's, That's literally what I told him last night. He, he he was like, oh, no, I play pickleball now. He looked fantastic, dude. I know. I he said like, he was down to a 2X, and he goes, even now the 2X is getting big on me. That's pretty cool, dude. That's yeah. Crazy. Pretty soon he's going to be looking at me going, dude, Peyton, you got you to do some work, man, which is true. I do. So I, I have been losing weight again, which is nice because, you know, COVID, I've never, I, I've never gotten rid of that COVID baby fat textbook ring. So I got to get really? rid of that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't like how I'm looking right now and I'm up probably 13 pounds heavier than I like to be, but, uh, I do like the fact that I can deadlift 500 pounds. So like, Dude, I saw it's, that it's a trade-off. Right? Wow. It's a trade-off. I love that your dad got on there and he's like such a dad. He's like, no, don't go hurting yourself, son, over some record. <laughs> I know. Such a well, dad thing to say. I was like. I was like, okay, what's his intention in this? He has the best of intentions in yes. saying this comment. And I'm and I know it's because he's got a really bad back. Like yeah. he's been in pain for years because of his back. Yeah. So yeah. You totally you were bad. more going for a oh, that's my boy, five hundred pounds, but you got the, you know, don't hurt yourself, Pete. You know, right. don't throw your back out. But it, it was still love. It was still care. Oh, no, totally. Dude, but five hundred pounds on there, that's awesome. And I did it again on Monday. I was hoping to do two reps, but it was harder for me to do the one rep. And so I was like, yep, nope, that's it. <laughs> like, well, I'm tapped okay. out. There's no so, more left. I don't, I wouldn't say this is in the love category. Like I'm totally proud of you and I don't want you to get hurt. So like, I feel both of those emotions, but there's this middle part I have because we're like best friends. I, I feel like I want you to crap your pants when you're doing it. And I want to have it on film that you just like shark everywhere when you're lifting that Dude. but but i don't know is that love or is that best friendship or what is that that's the right amount of respect and disrespect that's what that is <laughs> yes it is <laughs> you remember that used yes. to be our tagline we've got the right amount of respect and disrespect <laughs> for each other that's um, right 
you know what's funny is when I see the guys do that, like when they're they're deadlifting and all of a sudden it's like the the projectile vomit comes out because they're just so straining their body. Oh my gosh. I I don't know how bad you got to be pushing yourself to have that happen because clearly <laughs> I've never pushed myself that hard. Like wow. I'm not working out at a real gym. I'm working out at a family <laughs> fitness gym. Like just promise me that if that day comes, you will make me so proud. By dropping the bar, not even acknowledging what's just happened out the back end, but you yell, Hulk smash. <laughs> if you did that, I would just be like, man, that's my best friend right there. That's, that's like the best. Oh, man. Then I'd just be like, I'm proud of you in so many different ways right now. Dude, so. I took this uh, I took this snapshot because this dude... um. I got to find this image. He like went through and did the stats on here it is. All right. So the amount of people in the world that can bench press 225 is 0.075%. And he goes, the amount of people that can bench press 315 pounds is 0.00125. He goes, there's only 50,000 people in the world that can bench press. 315 pounds. I'm like, dude, I'm one out of 350,000 people. And then I really want to get to 405. That's been my goal since college 405. Cause there's only 8,000 people in the world. And most of them, 6,000 of them have red hair. What does that tell you? It tells you that we don't have a soul us gingers. <laughs> oh dude. I don't know if I told you this. So Mackenzie is talking and Mackenzie's my daughter for everyone who doesn't know. She's nine years old. She just turned nine on Monday. She uh, is talking with her best friend and she goes, do you know what my dad looks like? And her best, her best friend goes, yeah. And Mackenzie goes, what's he look like? He's got washed out orange hair with a touch of white. That's literally what Mackenzie's best friend said. I'm like, oh, great. So I got the washed out orange hair with a touch of white. Gotta love that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Did Did your daughter recognize who I was when... Uh, I told her happy birthday vicariously through you after she did the chicken dance. I honestly don't remember. I, I don't, yeah. I know I brought it up, but I, I don't remember. She doesn't know she me. Said. And then there arose a generation. that do not Peyton Jones. It's just like judges. It's repeating the cycle. It's because we have a virtual friendship. Like what you don't know is that I'm actually AI and I don't actually exist. So I wanted to bring that up. Listener. We have an idea. Pete actually has. I love an how idea. you said listener, <laughs> <laughs> listeners. It's the one listener. We're back to that. Yes, and uh, we we think we found a way to even get rid of you, oh solo listener that's barely hanging on. Uh, go on, Pete. Tell him your idea. You don't have well, to mention who, but although we should give a wide list of characters. Well, so I was watching this video. And it's not the first time I've seen this done. So this this uh, church planner that we both know, he put out a video on Facebook, and I could totally tell it was him because I know the guy, and it's his voice. And as the video is going, he goes, and by the way, I didn't actually record this video. This is all done with AI. AI went and looked at my YouTube videos, knows what I look like, knows what I sound like, and is just saying what I've told it to say. And it was like if he hadn't said that, I don't think that I would have realized that's what it was at first. It's just the cadence was a little bit off. Like it was just much more like 
perfectly cadenced out, not how you and I would normally talk where yeah. some parts of a sentence are sped up, other parts are slowed down, you know, that kind of a thing. But otherwise it was perfect. So my idea was, well, why couldn't we just interview whoever we wanted in the church world and make them say exactly what we wanted them to say on our podcast? That's, I mean, I love it. Francis Chan. Which we've had. We have. Well, not on the podcast, uh, though. We probably but, played it. But don't podcast. you feel like, you know, I need to redeem myself with Francis where I'm not nervous because I was nervous. And which is kind of funny because, I mean, gosh, I met him back in 2008 or nine um, during the crazy love time and sat next to him uh, at a at an event, spent a time in a small group with him. Like, I shouldn't have been nervous. I mean, but then when we had him on the podcast, I don't know. It was a webinar. It was an actual webinar that we did. Yeah, I think it was more because less because of him and more because of me, like my insecurity of running a podcast or a webinar or whatever. But um, but we did laugh and you did call me out. That I was nervous. Um, Philip Yancey, I was the opposite and I should have been more nervous with him. But I think my cavalier attitude offended him. So I'd like to redeem myself with him, um, get him on there and call him Phil the whole time. There was one guy who wondered if we were just a couple of guys down in mom's basement drinking beers and recording a podcast. That was Stetzer, right? Oh, oh, was it Stetzer? Should we have Stetzer on? <laughs> oh, we should totally have Stetzer on. An, an AI version of all these guys. And we get to make them say whatever we want. So uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Brooks is going to say, Peyton, you can't do this. Um, I and- think Philip Yancey should introduce himself as Phil Yancey just to just to redeem you. On if we do an AI version, he's going to change his name officially on that. Uh, but you know, I thought it had a nice ring to it when you used it, and I thought, why am I not Phil? I mean, come on, how fun would these be? We have to do these. These could be the best interviews on the entire. There was, wasn't there a guy Phil Hartunian who would like do this thing with voices on the radio? And like he would be both characters. And oh so he would God. get, it was a talk show and he'd get people to call in, not realizing that he was the other person as well. And he'd like make them say absolutely absurd, insane things. And people would get all upset and all that. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's really good. But we could do the same thing. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Just the church no, world version of it. I love it. I love it. That'd be fantastically cool. And I'm totally down with that. Um, Trying to think who else we could get that would be good. Um, I, you know, okay, so this, when we talked AI a few months back, and we talked about having uh, people from church history, like, because Luther, we have so much of his writings, Calvin, Wesley, I would love to get these guys on and have them talk about, you know, like an AI version that just consumes all their content. And responds according to like, if we're like, Hey, what do you think about like getting your body out of shape and to have John Wesley go, I sleep on the hard ground. I ride this many miles a day. I take cold baths. You weaklings, you milk sops. I would love to have this on a podcast where he's like, and we're just laughing. And he's like, levity brother is a sin. Like I would love to talk to these old school dudes and just, have it be where they eat. I, I would imagine that Wesley would probably wait rage quit. And he's my hero. 
So if we keep laughing, he's going to leave the podcast. Like, how cool would that be that Luther's like, Peyton, you heretic, you're still trusting in your works. If you do not, you know, like he's lecturing us on baptism and communion and, you know, Lutheran things. It'd be so rad. That would be cool. I, I don't even know why I want them going... to be mad at me, but yeah, I mean, I... Spurgeon would just laugh. Spurgeon, the more we laugh, the more more he'd laugh. And then, you know, because he was I'd funny. want C.T. Studd. That's who I'd want. Ooh. Just because he's got some of my favorite quotes in the world. Yeah, but I feel like C.T. Studd. Oh, C.T. Studd. Yeah, no, I was thinking William Carey. Because I feel like William Carey would be like, remember, I was all excited about this one guest that came on the podcast. And you were like, that was the most boring do you remember that one? It was like the most yes, boring. Yes, I even know who you're talking about. Ever. You guys, like, <laughs> even your wife said, no, that one was a little bit slow. Because I remember going, thank it, you. He he had no presence on But you geeked out like. He did. Oh, you were just. Yeah, you were pretty happy about interviewing him. Yeah, I did. I geeked out ro- royally with him. That's not uh, an Easter egg. Don't try to figure that out. Um. Yeah, I I would love this. I mean, this would be great. Um, I would love to have these people tell me wonderful things about myself, too. That would be great. That would make you feel good about yourself. Yeah, which then just points back to idolatry in my heart. Which if, you know, like, what's the statute? Like, we couldn't have Tim Keller because, you know, he, we just lost him. We never had him on the show. I'd like to have him. Billy Graham, let me tell you something, Peyton. Like, come on. how How great would that be? You know, Honestly, wow. that would be pretty cool. Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Ooh, yeah. Oh, come on. Nah, you, you know what's funny? Believe. I bet you anything that would actually make our podcast go so mainstream in the Christian oh, come world. On. Come on, let's do it. It would All be right. huge. Done. Done. And uh, it would be great to then, if we got AI Ed Stetzer on, to then get real Ed Stetzer on. Have AI Ed Stetzer talk to real Stetzer. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Come on. And see if you can tell the difference. I like it. That'd be amazing. I really would be. All right. All right. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think who else we could get to. Who who might be some other other people? Can we just get AI to do our job and then we wouldn't (laughs) even have to show up for these anymore? Well, that's the video that you were talking about the other day where the guy's actually like, I'm actually AI. Right, yeah. It wasn't the real guy we knew. Right. It's him doing it. So, yeah, we could, but I don't don't know, man. Like, I don't know that because you and I are so different on this podcast over the years. And to me, I feel like each week it's almost a different podcast. You know, like Smack Talk's a wild card. You never know how it's going to go. It's true. It really depends on what's going on in our lives at that specific moment. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah. Same. Same. Depends on my mood, too. Sometimes I'm salty. Sometimes I'm stupid. Sometimes I'm serious. Sometimes I'm ranty. You know, just depends on what's going on. I said ranty, not randy. Right, T. Important, important distinction. Yes. Got to, got to make sure you cross those T's. So, hey, uh, one, one thing, um, I think it's time to get into this week's topic. Oh, I got to remember which button it is. Uh, let's check this one. I'm never sure. All right, Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, yes. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about Advent. Pete, what's Advent? 
Hold on. All right, Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> Come on, man. Why are you asking me the tough questions? It's the thing that the pastor always does at church for like four weeks before Christmas. There you go. Yeah, yeah. What are you Some candles are involved. I'm here. I'm here for you to tell me. Um. <laughs> yes. So Advent, you know, Advent literally means the arrival. And um, you're probably wondering, why are you talking to us about Advent? After all, this is the Christmas episode. It's too late. Well, yeah, kind of. <clears throat> but you you probably noticed that people are talking about Christmas a little bit differently. Like like growing up, right? It was always Christmas. What what's a church can do for Christmas? The language has been changing. People are saying, hey, it's not Christmas yet. That happens on December 25th. So happy Advent. And it's kind of cool when you peel back into it. I actually think that for church planning, because we decided this year we were going to do Advent in our church plant. And we actually did it last year as well. But um, Advent is kind of cool. So like our our church plant, our team is very interactive. Um, we start off uh, when we introduced it this year. We, int- we introduced it by asking people. So I'm going to take you through it like you're brand new and you don't know anything about it. Looking at you, Pete. And I'm uh, I'm basically, I just said, who in history would you want to hang out with? Kind of like our talk we just had. Who would you want to hang out with in history, Pete? Not Jesus, not the Bible, but like someone in regular history. Um, I would say growing up, it would have been Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Uh, but man, I don't know, man. I've never really thought about who would I like to hang out with. There's a lot of people I'd really like to hang out with. What is it about Teddy Roosevelt that makes you want to hang out with him? Because he did so many different things. Like he wasn't just a politician. And yeah, like, I still remember this one story. I think he was president at the time and, uh, he's out for a walk with, you know, probably some other politician. I think it was from another uh, country. And they're out for a walk and they get to this river and he's just like, I'm not going to stop here just because there's a river in front of me. And he strips down and he swims across the river and he's like, let's keep going. Like, I love that, that mentality of, I don't give a crap what's in front of me. I'm going. And yeah, he's very impressive. Teddy Roosevelt's probably my favorite president as well. Um, yeah, you know, and and exactly what you said right there. Like that's your ad, that you relate to him in that. You share that in common. You're kind of the same, right? If there's an obstacle, you're going to go beat it, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of think that every one of us has something with someone in, that we relate to in history. And that's what Advent is about. The arrival, interestingly enough, is about those that awaited the arrival of the Messiah in the Old Testament. And it was a very brief window where um, people didn't uh, await the Messiah um, when Jesus was here. He said, you know, you will fast soon because all the Son of Man, the bridegroom, be taken away. It was only a brief window of time where we weren't waiting because the early church, from the moment Jesus ascended into heaven, has been waiting for his arrival ever since again. So all of human history has been waiting for the arrival 
of Jesus. And what Advent does is it puts us in a posture of waiting for his arrival, and we relate. We cross the gap of history, and we begin to relate to those who are waiting then with how we're waiting now, and we share that with them. And here's kind of the cool thing. Everyone who's died, who's in heaven now, actually is awaiting his return. Even in heaven, they're awaiting because they want to be reunited with the resurrected bodies. They want to be reunited with the entire body of Christ. Like they want to see him come in his kingdom and glory and power. Like they want to see all this. Even in Revelation, they cry out from the altar, how long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood, right? So the the what it does is it puts all of humanity in the same place of awaiting the arrival of Christ. And we are still awaiting the Messiah's coming. So it, it's pretty fascinating. When I started unpacking, I'm like, this is amazing. And here's the cool part, Pete, is in history, um, <laughs> uh, a, a, a king named Henry VIII, who uh, pretty funny enough was very much like Teddy Roosevelt, a bit like you, Pete. He's like, hey, Catholic Church, you know, don't get in my way, right? Um, I'm going to start my own religion. So he starts Anglicanism because they break off from the Pope. But you know, although you you take that that you know quick grim view of it, like he just wanted to divorce his wife, there actually were some pretty godly people around him. Like Thomas Cranmer um, was one of the people around him who uh, developed the Book of Common Prayer. You can read all about that dude. Loved Jesus and really cared about God's glory. And God did a lot of really cool things around that time through the Anglicans. And um, but what I was going to say, this is what they did during the Tudor period. They would fast for weeks leaving, leading up to it. And what it would do is it would bring this sense of anticipation. So they would fast, like leading up so that they felt like we don't, like they would deny themselves. Our culture is so not about that, right? Right now you satisfy every whim and yet we're not any happier for it, right? I can get whatever I want, you know, Grubhub, DoorDash, whatever. I can just type it in and everything comes to me quick. I can have stuff within an hour, whatever I'm craving, right? Um, I can have something in 24 hours, almost anything I want. And depression, unfulfillment, hopelessness, despair, all-time high, right? Anxiety, just all-time high. So um, you look at all that and you think, okay, so we're actually, um, we're not better. Uh, for our inability to wait. And they would make themselves feel the waiting, the waiting for fulfillment, the waiting for wish fulfillment, the waiting for gratification of their desires. So they would eat this gruel, like like this porridge. They would fast on that. Sometimes they wouldn't eat any food. But this is where the 12 days of Christmas come in. The 12 days of Christmas would start with December 25th, and they would party for 12 days. I don't mean like getting riotously drunk or anything. I just mean it was feasting. There was fasting followed by feasting. And that was a picture of Christ has come. And now this is all this feasting that we get. And it was meant to be a reminder every year that through life's hardships and difficulties, that there was this coming feast that was awaiting. They made everything worth it in the end. And so they were on the 12 day of Christmas, my true love gave to me, you know, that whole thing, like on, on day one, they had their big feast. 
on day two, you would go to the homes of the rich people and the rich people would like serve you. I think it was like on day three, you go to this church service. It was awesome. And like, that's where all the, uh, the special like candies and pies and all that, that tradition around Christmas came around those feasts where they're like, we bake this special thing once a year. It's associated with this time. And everyone just did it. And the rich gave to the poor. Things got kind of more level. Like I said, the the rich people, you go to their homes. So if you had like a lord, you know, it was feudal society. If you had a lord, all of his people in that, that he was, a, would go to his house and eat. And he would serve them this amazing food. And they never got to eat like that. So there was 12 days and each day had some different tradition. Like there would be a day of just dancing. You just would throw this big dance. Um, that's probably like seven lords of leaping or whatever it is, which always sounded weird to me. I don't want to see seven dudes leaping on and uh, leapfrogging each other. That's, that's weird. But <laughs> Pete's shaking his head. That's why we need AI Peyton. AI Peyton never would have gone there. I, I'm just saying that always struck me weird. The whole song was weird to me. <laughs> now I'm kind of intrigued by it. Like, wow, because, you know, it's this 12-day party, but it was meant to be a glimpse of heaven. It was actually meant to be a glimpse of amazing things in the next world that were just once a year, you would get this amazing feasting. So I think that for us as Christians, could we hardwire this into our practices that we actually start to celebrate Advent. Well, here's kind of the cool thing. Each Sunday leading up to it, you have a different um, thing. Like the first one is hope. So everything I just talked about, that's that's what I just talked about is hope, right? Like that the whole thing's hardwired in. Like we live in hope. Hope, you can only hold on to hope through faith. Right. So hope is like, I, I, I hope for better things for this amazing party, for reunited with my loved ones, reunited with Jesus, on and on. That's hope. And that's the first thing that Christ's coming gave us. Then the next Sunday, this is like four Sundays leading up to, to Advent, um, usually is the first Sunday after Thanksgiving um, that you start Advent. The second one is joy. Because joy comes through knowing Jesus. I don't have the fulfillment of everything, but I have that promise of it. Happiness and joy are two different things. Joy trumps my circumstances. Happiness is dependent on circumstances. You know, I'm only happy when I'm feasting. Well, joy, according to Philippians, is even when everything's not okay, I have something better that gives me something deeper. And that's joy. So you focus on that and you teach people and train people that posture. These are like four postures of waiting. And then the the third week is um, uh, faith. I think it's faith. Am I right on that? Now, different traditions have different things. I'm just plainly forgetting. So like Anglicans, Greek Orthodox, Lutherans, everybody has their own version of what week is what. Um, but one of them, I believe, is faith, faith, hope, love. Yes, faith, hope, love, and joy. So uh, I believe that love might be the last one. Faith is the third one, if I'm not mistaken. And I think love is the last one that represents. And you'll, you'll see like the candles. Each Sunday, you light a candle, which is like, hey, it's getting lighter and brighter. 
and lighter. And then there's like a purple candle that in church tradition represents Jesus's coming. And then boom, you have Christmas come and that's where the parting starts. So I think there's something to that. I believe that there is something that we're kind of able to teach people and something we might be missing out on by not, I mean, it's just a tradition. I think it's kind of a good one, right? There's so much to teach people through this that I like. What sayest thou, Pete Mitchell? Um. I just know it as the time when we light the candles. Light the candle, everything's all right. No, I just, I actually had no idea there was that deeper of a meaning to it all. Like, literally grew up, and that's what we do is, okay, well, we light these candles, and and I remember the purple candle, right? That was always the last one, and it was like, okay, but I had no idea there was this whole other meaning to it. Like, I never knew about the 12 Days of Christmas. Yeah. I just know the song. That's it. Just the song. Well, I was going to a Nazarene church for a few years. A guy named Nate Wells. Hey, Nate, if you're listening, shout out. Um, Nate was really cool because he was was hip and modern, um, kind of a local legend, free diving champion in California. Um, But he he also would bring this in. And he was a – he's a – He's a custom spear gun maker. Like that's why he's a local legend here among other things, but he custom, you know, uh, builds spear fishing guns for like the pros, but he would make all these little kits. And you boxes. really think there's a pro spear fishing group? <laughs> yes, there is. Okay. I, I have, I've eaten much yellowtail. Uh, tuna or yellowfin or whatever it is, um, as a result of of Nate's sport, I've I've seen, I've seen some of the stuff he does. It's insane. He can hold his breath for six minutes. That's insane, right? So so he actually um, he would craft these little boxes and he'd give them to people at home. And he'd say, you know, like these around the table at night when you're eating dinner, like have this on your table and do a little devotion. You know, talking all that week about hope as a family talk all that week about faith as a family around the dinner table talk all that week really cool stuff so we have one it's a little tin with a little window in the top that i think cookies used to be in we got those little like candlelight you know those little teeny votive candle things that go in there little teeny little like hockey pucks that you light got some of those those go in there and we got a red one in the middle um, but yeah, I mean, we, we use that for the church right now. I mean, if I were Nate, I would build everyone their own, but I'm not Nate and I can't hold my breath for six minutes. So we've been doing that. And we love it, man. And everybody in the church is like, I love this. This is cool. It brings back those memories, but it also connects to me. The most powerful thing is connecting with that posture of waiting with the saints throughout all history and eternity. Mm. Like that's amazing to me. And, you know, we've had people that have lost their loved ones in our church plant and, uh, you know, like young people, you know, way before their time. And to know that those people are also waiting, that they have anticipation of seeing us again, being reunited with us like we are with them. That's not a one-sided street. It's pretty cool, man. So all, you know, the whole season of Advent is to celebrate all that we received with Christ, hope, faith, love, joy, all those things are a part of waiting for him now. 
Um, it's pretty, pretty cool. So I just want to share that today and have those of you that don't know that practice or don't know what it's all about to, to know that that might be a cool little shift for you to make in your church plant next week or next year. Um, you know, put it on your calendar now, get your little calendar out. Mark well, what it. would, what would the instructions be like? All right. So if you want to do this, like give them some guidelines. This is, yeah. So get some candles, get four white candles, one uh, purple candle. And I would, I would, you set them all out and you just light the one every week. That's the new, you write, you light the old one. So if I light right. uh, hope the first week and faith, the second week, I'm going to light two and it's the same two. And then you have the, the purple one in the middle. You light that, you know, the week of Christmas, if you have a Christmas service, you do it then Christmas Eve service or Christmas day or whatever. You'll do that then, but um, it's just really cool, man. And I, I think you know, you do a sermon that week on um, each one of these things, and you can say like, you know, like you could make it interactive. So, like, you could. I ask people like, "What are you hoping for for Christmas?" You know, if I wanted to do like a Christmas present, I did it too early where I didn't have a wrapped Christmas present. So I just asked people what they were hoping for for Christmas. And kids are saying stuff like a PlayStation or, you know, whatever it was. But I, you know, I use the image of, hey, Christ uh, is the gift that has other gifts inside of it, you know. Um, and that's when I use like the joy, faith, hope. It's not just one gift, you know, it's many gifts within the same package. And um, these are all the things we're going to celebrate over the next few weeks. Um, but to focus on that posture of waiting, and you can fast as a church too during Lent. You could have people just in the same way that they do uh, a Lenten fast. You can do an Advent fast before. Um, and then you can do feasting afterwards as a church. You could throw a party. You could, you know, the week of Christmas, you could do part of the 12 days of Christmas. You could have something like you can incorporate that into your uh, family as well, where like I knew a family growing up that was Episcopalian they did the 12 days of Christmas. On Christmas, they would all get a big gift. And over the next 12 days, they would get the rest of their presents one a day. And uh, I mean, for us, we're like, that blows. I would never do that. I want them all on Christmas, right? No kid wants to stretch it out over 12 days. But um, there's so many cool things you could do to- uh, That would mean 12. I'd have to buy my kids 12 gifts. And I uh, know, I mm. know. Forget that noise. Well, right now- uh, They get funny. a keychain and a pencil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, right? We have the tradition of Elf on a Shelf, where every day leading up to Christmas, the Elf is like just, you know, crapping little gifts out, you know, or however he does it. Um, people are Is that what doing, yours does? Yours has to give a gift every day? Yeah. He gives like a little book or a little toy or a keychain or something stupid or a piece of candy. Yeah, man, Our it's elf expensive. Is supposed to move every day. And so like. If Jamie forgets to move the elf, oh my gosh, dude. Mackenzie loses it in the morning and starts crying. Elf didn't move. I'm like, I don't know why you started that stupid. I mean, oh I was like, gosh. I didn't grow up with that. I don't she know why needs you to brought set this one an up. elf alarm. Oh, we did. I put, a, I put a reminder on her phone. So every night it dings. So, oh crap, I got to go move the elves. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, no, my elf gives crap. So, but you know, here's, here's a weird thing is we need to, you know, maybe look at that. Maybe, maybe elf should give stuff on 12 days of Christmas. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, no, uh, your elf, your elf is cheap and mine just 
has irritable bowel syndrome. So my elf is cheap because I'm cheap. <laughs> yeah. It works. Well, I'm cheap too. I'm a dad. Uh, obviously, elf on the shelf is mom's department. So uh, I'm like stupid elf giving everyone's present. Didn't give me any presents, you know. I'd be cool if the elf would like rotate it around a bit, you know. Oh, check it out. I got a power tool. Thanks, elf. But no, just gives it to the stupid kids. I would love it if the elf would give me, uh, uh, how shall I put this? Firearm parts. <laughs> Don't get us canceled, Mitchell. I, I, I try to say it as cleanly as I could. Could you position your elf on a shelf holding like a, like a mag or something? <gasps> like, I know what he's doing tonight. I know what he's doing tonight. <laughs> I think Elf on a Shelf needs to be positioned by Pete, right? Doing Maybe I things. can have one like like polishing the barrel, and the other one's like <laughs> sticking a magazine in. You know, I I know what uh, Pete's Twelve Days of Christmas Facebook posts are going to be about now. Well, what's funny <laughs> is I'm actually doing a training tomorrow for a bunch of realtors on the 12 days of Christmas marketing strategy. So I'm like, Ooh, uh, this is timely. I like this. Nice. Nice. Well, Hey man, always, always happy to, uh, and that, that probably would be a good marketing, uh, ploy 12 days of Christmas. I like, Oh, you should be a marketer. I know. I really should. Uh, do you remember Jay Peterman in the show Seinfeld? (laughs) The catalog. Yeah. The catalog, you know, it's a real thing, right? It's it's a real thing. Yeah. No, I remember. I I used to get whatever catalog it was based yeah, on. The J. Peterman's catalog. Yeah. It's, it's there. And how they would always sell the clothes would be a drawing. Like it wouldn't be a picture yeah. of the, the sweater. It's a drawing. And, and it's the write-up, right? The writing. Oh, you know, the woman dons this sweater and walks to the ocean on a cold winter's morning. You know, like it's like. <laughs> And that's why Elaine in the show Seinfeld, she came up with the urban sombrero. She likes to write like this thing about the urban sombrero. Well, Jay Peterman, I was on their email list for as long as they would keep me on it. And uh, every Christmas they do the 12 days of Christmas. And every day it's like 17% off of this item, free shipping. And the next day it's a BOGO of this. And the next day. So, I mean, like that was their idea of a, a marketing strategy. It was one of their marketing strategies. And I thought it was brilliant. I so it. I like stole it and I've taught it to our detailers. I teach it to our real estate agents, how they can take that same concept and apply it to their business. And yeah, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. That's pretty cool. And it doesn't have to be at Christmas too. You know, 12 well, days Pete of is, the new year, uh, 12 Pete days of problem. Christmas in July, uh, 12 days of uh, March madness. I mean, like <laughs> there's so many different ways that you could do it. That's cool. Well, Pete, as you probably know, The fundamental building block of church planning is making disciples. Church planning is just, sorry, I'm going into my ad. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm having flashbacks. Jones and segues. I'm so good at it. All right. Uh, I I, I reminded myself of Miss Piggy right then. Oh, mama, that smells good. By the way, if you guys are not watching Muppet Christmas Carol, you're doing Christmas wrong. Mama, that smells good. It does, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, that is the best. And Tiny Tim, who did not die. Have you ever seen that? No. Best movie ever. All right. As you probably know, Church Planner, the fundamental building block of church planning is making disciples. Church planning is just the result of healthy disciple making, if you're doing it right. So starting January 15th, 
We're launching a Making Disciples cohort. Cohort? From our heart to yours. A cohort that unpacks Jesus' method of disciple making. It will last eight weeks, and you can see... I, I can't talk. One day, me talk, Freddie. I can't even get through my own ad. Okay, basically, guys, we are going to do a Making Disciples cohort that unpacks how Jesus discipled. New Breed's uh, tagline is disciple like Jesus to plant like Paul. This is a is a big one. I'm writing it right now. It's amazeballs. I'm so glad I've written this. Um, you're, you get to come in. I'm going to lead it. It's going to be eight weeks. And if you want to find more about the schedule, it launches on January 15th. Uh, I think there's a week or two where we, we, we skip, and so it goes slightly longer than eight, but there's eight lessons. You can go to newbreedtraining.com slash discipleship dash pathways. Newbreedtraining.com slash discipleship dash pathways. And you can go in there, register, and uh, we'll see you in there. Cool. And hey, if you're looking at uh, how do I make some money uh, as I'm a Bivo pastor, check out missionbybusiness.com. And I got a great little webinar up there that you can watch on how we're using AI, as we've been talking about on this episode, how we use AI to help businesses and how you can use that to put an income in your pocket. So check it out, missionbybusiness.com. Yeah, baby. And just so you guys know, um, the discipleship cohort will will run a morning one and an evening one for Bible people. So uh, sorry, I didn't mean to sandwich your, your ad there, Pete, but I forgot to say that. I suck at this. And uh, missionmybusiness.com. <laughs> <laughs> well, well played, Mitchell. All right. So, guys, if you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you got to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing.